What's up, Tradman listeners? Uh, welcome back. Uh, kind of a short little episode, and again, another solo episode, because while I'm recording this, Jason is actually uh, recording the trivia show over at Avoiding Babylon, but I definitely wanted to do a quick little video. Um, I, I heard a very disturbing story uh, today. Uh, many of you know our good friend and, and friend of the show, uh, Angela Erickson, over at Integrated with Angela Erickson. Um, had a recent incident with the Federal Bureau of Investigation who was coming around asking questions about uh, her pro-life ministry. I'm not going to get into the story because she's going to do that over on Avoiding Babylon. And I think that show will probably come out tomorrow. So you're definitely going to want to listen to that over at Avoiding Babylon. Uh, Anthony is going to interview Angela on exactly what went down and what transpired. But I did want to jump on real quick and do a quick little Corsio on, you know, typically when I do these shows, we do shows about theology and about liturgy, subjects in which, let's be honest, I'm not really qualified to speak on <laughs> for the most part. I'm not, I'm not a theological expert. I'm not licensed. I don't have a licensure in theology or anything like that. Uh, and so for the most part, I just approach these subjects from a layperson's perspective um, and, you know leave the the hard questions to more experienced people. But I did want to talk something a little bit about something I am qualified to speak on. Um, and that is increasingly we are living in a, a regime that views anybody who doesn't vote the way that they do as enemies of the state. And apparently uh, the Justice Department is now going to use federal law enforcement to intimidate, harass, or otherwise bother people who they don't believe are uh, good people. But those of us in the pro-life ministry, anybody who donated anything to Donald Trump apparently is part of the Trump conspiracy and you know this, that, and the other thing. Um, I'm not here to tell you how to vote or tell you what your politics and anything ought to be, but I do think it's important that those of us who are active in the pro-life ministry know what our rights are when we are approached or questioned by the police. Now, I want to preface this by saying right off the bat that I am not anti-law enforcement. And the, and the point of this is not to be anti-law enforcement. Uh, my father spent 47 years in the Houston Police Department with distinction. Um, so I come from a law enforcement family. Uh, when I was in law school, I did two summer internships at the Houston Police Department in their internal affairs legal division. Um, and so I have n- a deep admiration for our law enforcement officers and those who serve our community. However, the founding fathers of this nation understood something about this government that they were forming. As much as they believed in the ideas of the American Revolution, they understood that this government that they're forming is not uh, um, is not free of the effects of our fallen human nature. And sometimes power and authority can be abused. And when that happens, it's actually a detriment to all free peoples who live in a free society. I think Thomas Paine said it best in in his pamphlet, Common Sense, where he said that government at its best is a necessary evil and at its worst, an intolerable one. So that being said, let's go over a little bit about what your rights are under the federal law. Now, this is is 
rights that are established under the federal constitution. So your state, whatever state you live in, may afford you more rights than are afforded in the constitution, but they cannot afford you less. The constitution is a floor, not a ceiling. In the federal constitution, there are 10 amendments to the constitution that enshrine rights that the people have that the government may not infringe upon without a darn good reason. The fourth amendment to the constitution is the thing I really want to talk about here. It states pretty plain language and, and it's, it's pretty accessible. And it says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects from unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, specifically describing the places to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Okay. That's some pretty tight, clean, sensical writing, right? Only a lawyer can say that they don't understand what that means. Let's say, for example, that you are... Um, you're, you're praying the rosary in front of an abortion clinic, or you're working at a, um, uh, a, a crisis pregnancy center or a pro-life office, diocesan pro-life office or something like that. And a man or woman approaches you, identifies themselves as an agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and says, I'd like to ask you a few questions. What do you do? I mean, as Catholic people, we have right, we have duties of citizenship. The catechism says them quite clearly. We have a duty to lawfully and licitly cooperate with law enforcement when we can because we have a right to help protect the public too. But we do not have a duty to help corrupt law enforcement agencies, harass people who are not guilty of a crime or frame them for a crime that they did not commit. So what do we do? What, what's a good, what, what's the right way to handle this situation? Well, your rights under the Fourth Amendment are such that you have a right to be secure in your person, in your houses, in your papers, and your effects. That papers and effects just means your stuff that you have a reasonable privacy expectation in, Okay. So anything that's, you've got a backpack on and your backpack is zipped up and, you know, it's not see-through or whatever, it's, you have a reasonable privacy expectation to what's in that backpack. And the government doesn't have a right to look in there unless they have an articulable reason why they need to. Well, the same thing goes with seizing your property that's in the backpack. And the same thing goes with seizing you as a person. The government cannot tell you you're not free to leave. If they do, that's a seizure of your person. And it needs to be reasonable under the Fourth Amendment. So let's go back to the issue. Let's go back to the, the hypothetical situation of the person praying the rosary in front of an abortion clinic. You're part of a pro-life group. Man or woman approaches, identifies themselves as an FBI agent, wants to ask you a few questions. Your first response is, am I under arrest? Because you have the right to know if you're under arrest. Okay. If they say no, that does not automatically mean you can just walk away. Your second question needs to be, am I free to leave? Because just because you're not under arrest does not necessarily mean you're free to leave. What am I talking about? 
there is a kind of obscure little court case called um, Terry versus Ohio or Terry v. Ohio. I won't bore you with the whole details of the case and you can go look it up and it's a pretty interesting little case. But essentially what the Supreme Court held was that there are such things as a temp like a temporary detainment, which is not the same thing as being under arrest, but you're not free to go. The police are seizing your person for a short amount of time to determine if you are in the process of, com of committing a crime. So the, the most obvious, and, and these are called Terry stops after the case Terry v. Ohio. The most obvious example of this is um, you're hanging out on a, on a street corner that is a known corner for drug dealing. And you're standing out there and you're kind of looking around and uh, you, nobody's, you're not, don't, you're not dealing, I mean, nobody's watched you deal any drugs, but you look suspicious and it's suspicious and it's a suspicious environment. And it's two o'clock in the morning in a high drug traffic area and you're just sort of hanging out by yourself on this corner that everybody knows is where you go to buy drugs. So the police pull over and they say, hey. Come here. What are you doing? You know, now you're not under arrest. He has never said, hey, you're under arrest for drug dealing. He doesn't have any reason. To, he's never seen you deal any drugs. He has no probable cause to do that. He doesn't have a warrant out for you. But he does have the right to ask, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Things of that nature to find out what you're doing there. He can't keep you there forever. But during that time, he can do what's called a pat down. In other words, he can feel on the outsides of your clothes to determine if you're carrying a weapon for his safety. Okay. But he can't squeeze your pockets to determine the, in the contents of your pockets, nor is he allowed to dig inside your pockets to feel around to see what's in there. He can do a pat down for weapons. Okay. Now, if in now if during the pat down he feels on the outside of the clothes little plastic baggies that are full of a powdery substance, he can feel that. Now he's got probable cause to look inside your pockets. But right away he can't he can't do that during a Terry stop. Terry stops are not allowed to last for a really long time. They're kind of short, you know, little stops to figure out if you're if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. But during that time, you are not free to leave. That is technically a seizure of your person, and therefore you have Fourth Amendment rights, but you're not free to go. And you want to be clear about this, because if you're not free to go and you try to leave, now you're not necessarily evading arrest because you're not under arrest, but you different states have different names for this. Um, you know, interfering with a traffic stop, failure to comply, uh, trying to flee an officer, something like that, right? So your first question is, am I under arrest? If the answer is no, am I free to leave? If the answer to that question is yes, you turn around and you walk away. I want to be very, very clear about this. Do not talk to the police. Now, I know that sounds very anti-authoritarian. It sounds somewhat leftist. I know that. I know that it sounds like that. But you, these are, these are your rights under the Constitution, 
and they exist for a darn good reason. Remember, our law enforcement officials, for the most part, are decent, honest citizens who want to protect the community. But law enforcement agencies are not, um, they're not free from the effects of our fallen human nature. So you have the right to protect yourself. Do not talk to the police. Why do I say that? Well, if any of you have ever heard them give what's called the Miranda rights, the, the, the Miranda warnings, this is where when they place you under arrest, they say you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Well, that's what it means. Anything you say can and will be used to help you in a court of law? Nope, doesn't say that. It's going to be used against you in a court of law. Matter of fact, they can't use it to help you even if they really, really like you. They cannot use what you say to help you out in a court of law. That's hearsay. There's an exception to the hearsay rule, though, that if what you're saying works against you, then they can bring it in. You cannot help yourself by talking to the police. I do not recommend talking to the police without a lawyer being present. Okay. So let's go back to our imaginary person on, you know, out in front of the abortion clinic. Am I under arrest? No. Am I free to leave? No, you're not free to leave. Okay. What do you do now? Well, now you need to be very careful because you're now in a Terry stop situation. You're not under arrest, but what you do next could very well lead to you being under arrest if you're not careful. First thing you don't want to do is be confrontational. A, that's not an appropriately Catholic way to respond to the situation. We do have obligations, our catechism speaks on it quite clearly, to be um, courteous to lawful authority, to be respectful of lawful authority. So, you know, F you pig. No, no, none of that. That's never a good idea. Number one, it ain't going to help you. And number two, it's not a good Catholic way to respond to that situation. You simply say, I'm not choosing to answer any questions without an attorney present. That's it. That's all you say. Now they have the right to pat you down. Okay. And based on, you know, determine whether or not you're committing a crime, but you declining to talk to them about your day, about what you're doing there, about what Joe Bob was doing there yesterday or anything like that does not give rise to them placing you under arrest. They either need to determine if you're committing a crime or move on. Okay. If they place you under arrest, Let's say you are under arrest. Let's say you, you ask that first question, am I under arrest? And they say, yes, you're under arrest. You have the right to know what you're under arrest for. Okay. What am I under arrest for? And they could tell you anything, you know, depending on whatever it is you're under arrest for. At that moment, you stop talking. Because that right to remain silent that we talked about a minute ago, that's a waivable right. You are free to waive that right. And when you volunteer 
to answer questions while you are in police custody, that is seen as you voluntarily waiving your right to remain silent. And all of that can be used against you in court. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, but there's nothing for me to, to, to use against me in court. You think so. Until they start asking you, well, tell me everything you did today. So you start early in the morning. I woke up. I ate my Fruit Loops. I had my coffee. I got in the car. I drove to so-and-so's house. I picked them up. We headed over to the pro-life rally, and that's pretty much my day. Okay. They may ask you again in five minutes. Tell me, tell me again how you started your day. Well, I woke up, I ate my fruity pebbles, I, I drank my coffee. Wait a minute. You said earlier you ate Fruit Loops. Were you lying then or are you lying now? And now they're going to start to sweat you. And now you've lied to the FBI. Doesn't matter if you remember a little bit clearer now than you did before. Doesn't matter if it's on a stupid detail, detail as trivial as whether or not you had Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles. Your story changed. Now you lied to the FBI. And if you think that ain't coming in at court, if they decide to hem you up on something for no reason, because you didn't vote the right way or you don't think all the right things, you're crazy because they will. Got to know your rights. Got to protect yourself. Okay. The best advice I can give you is once you are under arrest, you shut up and you stop talking and you make it clear. I'm not answering any questions without my attorney present. Doesn't matter if you can afford one or not, they have to provide you one. Or they have to stop questioning you. Okay? Um, when you're under arrest, that from that moment on, you're awaiting trial. So you're, un, you're in their custody. You're under the jurisdiction of the court. You cannot, at that point, I want to be so clear about this, I, I can't be more emphatic. You cannot talk your way out of the situation at that point. I've seen this so many times with criminal defense clients. They are, they are great about not talking to, I'm not answering any questions. I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to talk to you. Okay. Put your hands behind your back, sir. You're under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. And from that moment, they want to start talking themselves out of the situation. Oh man, you didn't understand. That, that wasn't me. That was, it, it never fails. I know it's scary. It can be intimidating. It's designed to be intimidating, okay? Do not answer questions. Do not talk to the police, especially if you're under arrest. Because once you're under arrest and they've read you that warning, you start talking, you've waived your right to remain silent. And police interrogation and police custody is not like it is in the movies, where they get you in the room and they put the light on you, and they say, all right, you son of a, you know what, you better start talking. We know you did it. And if you don't answer these questions right now, I'm going to make sure you never see the light of day. It doesn't work like that. In the interrogation room, they are your best friends. Oh, they're your best friends. Here's how it goes. They sit down, they go, look, man, I know that I know it wasn't your weed. I know that. Okay. I know that. But here's the problem. Your buddies are in the next room and they've already talked. And they said the whole thing was you. Oh, yeah. They gave you up quick. But I don't want to make a federal case out of this. And by the way, the amount you had on you was trafficking. That's a federal crime. 
DEA and the FBI are already down there, already on their way down here. They want to talk to you. I don't want to make this a federal case. I don't want to see you get your whole life ruined because of a little pot. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to sign this piece of paper. You're going to cop to the lower charge. And because you cooperated, I'm going to make sure that the judge goes easy on you at sentencing. All of that was a lie from start to finish. They don't have your friends in the other room. They never gave you up. The DEA and the FBI aren't on their way down to talk to you. And at sentencing, the judge don't work for the cop. He doesn't care what the cop has to say about anything at sentencing. So the cop has no input at all. All of that was a lie to get you to sign a piece of paper. That you may not have even had any weed in the car, but now you're scared to death. So it's very, very important that you don't sign anything, that you don't answer questions without your attorney being present, okay? Now let's talk about searches. Searches of your person, searches of your home, because let's be honest, man, and I've even heard, I've even heard many political commentators say that at some point we're going to have to figure out how to bring the FBI back into the government. Because they're like a rogue organization out there just making up the rules as they go along, answerable to no one, it seems. Uh, so let's talk about searches real quick. You have the right to be secure in your person's houses, papers, and effects from unreasonable searches, okay? So in order for them to search your person, they, they need to have probable cause or a warrant. And probable cause means that an articulable suspicion. Uh, I had a suspicion that he was holding marijuana in his pockets. Okay, why? Because I saw somebody give him a bag of something that looked like marijuana and I saw him put it in his pocket. Somebody came up and told me, hey, that guy's got marijuana in his pocket. Something like that. Okay, that's probable cause to believe that you're in the commission of a crime and that you're concealing evidence. Um, that's just to search your person, to start to dig in your pockets, to take a look in your backpack, something like that. Your home, your home has a much higher standard of, uh, of scrutiny, okay? There really is no reason they can search your home without a warrant. Well, I mean, there are, but they're so limited. I mean, they're, they're, they're so small, okay? A domicile is considered one of the most important places in the Constitution. And so, to, to, so for the government to have the right to search it without your permission, they have to have a warrant, right? So if the FBI shows up at your door and says, do you mind if we come inside? You say no. I do not I do not submit to that and I do not consent to a search of my domicile. Now, if they've got a warrant, they don't care if you consent or not, they've got the right to go in there and look around. But if they don't have a warrant, the only way they can get in there is if you consent. So if you say, "Yeah, sure, you can come on in and look around." Now they don't need a warrant. They have your consent. Don't give them consent. A, if they've got a warrant, they don't need it anyway. 
And B, if they don't have a warrant, your lack of consent is the only thing holding them back. Don't consent to a search of your person. Don't consent to a search of your car. Don't consent to a search of your home. I don't have anything to hide. Wonderful. Great. That hasn't changed just because you've told them not to search your stuff. But you have the right to privacy, of reasonable privacy, and the expectation of privacy in certain places. One of them is your person. The other one is your home. Cars work a little bit differently because cars can get away. So there's this thing called exigent circumstances, and I'm not here to give a, a long corsio on, on Fourth Amendment jurisprudence or anything like that. I just sort of want to give you a basic primer of what your rights are. Um, this is not a license, uh, again, this is not a license to, to be uh, ho openly hostile to law enforcement or law enforcement agencies. Um, this is not a license to pick fights with them, be argumentative. Um, certainly don't try and run from them. That's, that's, that's a bad idea. Okay. Uh, because now they do have a reason to place you under arrest. You flee from law enforcement when you weren't free to go. You weren't under arrest before, but you are now. Okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. We have, we have a saying, uh, you may beat the case, but you won't beat the ride. Okay. So if you're under arrest, you're going to take a ride courtesy of the, courtesy of the taxpayers of the U S government. And you're going to go, you know, to a federal building or something like that, some, some place where you're going to be held until you can either post bail or you're arraigned. Most of the time, that's not going to happen. Like I said, you haven't committed a crime, so there really isn't anything to arrest you on. They're just going to harass you, intimidate you, uh, motivate you to not be so openly pro-life. It's really what the goal here is. Okay, There's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be scared of. It can be a little intimidating, I will admit, but it's it's not necessary to be scared or or so afraid that you you don't know what to do and you're afraid you're going to do the wrong thing, and so you know you, you don't know what to do. This is what you do. First thing is always, am I under arrest? No, you're not under arrest. Am I free to go? Well, hold on, not just yet. What are you doing out here? I'm praying the rosary. Uh-huh. And where were you earlier today? I'm chat I'm not choosing to answer any questions without my lawyer present. Okay, so you're going to play it like that, huh? I'm not choosing to answer any questions without my lawyer present. Okay. Am I free to go? Yeah, you're free to go. And then you turn around, you walk away. Once they get the gist that you know your rights and you're not going to be intimidated by them, They'll leave you alone, uh, unless you're, you know, <laughs> unless, you know. I, listen, I, this is this. Is, I can't guarantee you that these every law enforcement officer is going to behave correctly, but these are what your rights are, and I felt like it's important that you should know them. Definitely tune in to Angela's interview on Avoiding Babylon. I think that's going to be coming out tomorrow. I mean, right now it's uh, September 28th. It's about 8.30 p.m. Central Time. So I, I don't know exactly when that interview is going to come out, but it could, should be coming out soon. 
I can't wait to find out what the story was. Um, should be interesting, but you know, these are difficult times. Um, they're difficult times, not just in the church, but they're difficult times in, in our civil society. So um, it's, it's my hope that this has been somewhat uh, edifying. Um, and I hope this gets taken the right way. Again, not anti-law enforcement. And I'm not advocating that anybody be anti-law enforcement. One of the most horrifying things I heard in the last two or three years was the let's defund the police. I I I literally was shocked. I I I had I have no words. My words had failed me. I don't think that I don't think that civilization not having police departments is a shall we say a very good idea. Um, and I think the evidence has been pretty clear about that. I can't think of a single. Has there been a single instance in which any of these cities who defunded their police departments saw their crime rate stay the same or drop? No, not one. There's not one that hasn't seen their crime rate skyrocket several to several hundred percent. So it's a bad idea. Again, in my opinion, it sort of denies the fallen human nature and says that we're something that we know that we're not. But I hope that you, this gives you a little bit more knowledge about what your rights are. Um, again, if you have more questions about this, contact an attorney. Um, I, you know, I am not, you know, uh, I, I do charge money. So <laughs> it's not like if you call me, you get free legal advice all the time. Uh, but cause this is what I do for my job. Um, but, um, Hopefully, this is something that gives you a little bit more knowledge about what you can expect and, and what the right things to do are. Maybe I will get on with um, the guys from Avoiding Babylon or somebody else, and maybe we could do some some Q and A uh, if, if what I've said isn't exactly clear, and then we can go into a little bit more detail. Guys, life is hard, but it's harder when you don't pray the rosary, right? Let's all stay vigilant. And let's pray for our law enforcement officers. Let's pray for our country. And uh, let's pray for all of those who are, are advocating for what is, in my opinion, the greatest human rights cause of the modern era. Right? So if you, if you lived in the 1860s, you would have been an abolitionist. Well, I, I believe this is right up there with that. This is the greatest human rights cause of our generation. And so don't let them intimidate you away from it. Stay peaceful, right? Love only wins this fight. It's the only thing that wins. Um, if, we, if we give over to violence and hatred, Satan wins. And, and that would be catastrophic, and we would not want that. Um, you know? I think I think you guys all do great work, and and I hope that that work continues. And I hope this has been somewhat edifying. Um, again, go find that interview. It could be on avoiding Babylon pretty soon. I think it's going to be tomorrow. I hope this has been somewhat edifying, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. God bless you. Mm -hmm.